Xbox On. Welcome to Xbox On, a podcast with one host about one console, Xbox. I am said host, Jesse DeRosa, and on today's episode, we'll be talking about the latest Xbox news for the week of March 25th, 2021, including Microsoft is rumored to be in talks to acquire Discord, the Xbox Live moniker is being retired, I had the quesalupa this past week, and more. literally just about to hit record on this week's show until I checked my phone real quick because I was getting a notification and then you know how that goes where oh I got a text or a missed call or something like that and then before you know it, it's 30 minutes later and you're scrolling on Twitter and apparently right now Kotaku is throwing shade at IGN because they're doing their exclusive uh, coverage of, of, uh, of Six Days in Fallujah and they're calling them out their headline says you don't have to run the exclusive reveal for the war crime game I, I actually hope that, you know, I never wish for anyone to lose their job, but I, I actually hope that, like, whatever the electronic version of a meteor crash, you know, happens, like, like that, like a, a digital media crash, meteorite crashes on Kotaku and, like, an EMP that only takes out Kotaku and just destroys the website. I know that's not how websites operate, but shut up. It'd be, it'd be nice if Kotaku just, you know, disappeared and all of our brains would uh, would have that many more cells from not having uh, been exposed to Kotaku and their fucking stupidity. But nonetheless, here we are. Guys, it's the show all about Xbox. And if you're a huge Kotaku fan, you just clicked off. You said, I was hoping to hear about Xbox, but he immediately started insulting my favorite website of all of all time. No, next, and then you're going to listen to, uh, what's the Kotaku fanboy equivalent of Xbox on? Probably Xbox dumbass. That's a good one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that. That's a good one. Anyway. Welcome to Xbox On, guys. It's, it's it's week 94 of Xbox On. Can you believe I haven't slept for 94 weeks because it takes it takes a full seven days to make an episode of Xbox On? But that's how committed I am to bring the show to you each and every week. And I want to kick off this week's episode by going into a little bit of some corrections, things I want to draw to your attention, some shout-outs and things like that before we get into our regular run of show, which began, of course, with comments. We have a lot of good things to go over this week, but... I really want to start the show by mentioning uh, just a big old thank you to all of you who support and like the show. And I know it's like, okay, skip, 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 skip. You're hitting the skip 30 seconds button right now, but shut the, f- stop, listen to me. I just want to say, you know, I don't follow analytics on the show quite often. I, I just assume there's no way Xbox On's ever going to grow to be a thing that I can like build something out of other than just like it being a side project hobby thing. So basically the way I work with Xbox On is like every Tuesday night, I gather all the comments, I take screenshots of them, I edit them down, I put them in the show notes, and then I grab all the articles I'm going to talk about, I copy and paste the parts I want, I organize the show notes, I just put the whole thing together on Tuesday night. And then on Wednesday night, I come home from work, and I just record, 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 edit, 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 stay up all night uploading, tagging, getting everything ready for Thursday morning, and then Thursday morning comes, I forget about Xbox On. From Thursday through Monday, I just forget Xbox On even exists. It's just not a thing. I just try to not stress over it, play games, go to my job, do my thing. But Tuesday and Wednesday, I just grind really hard in my free time on getting the show done. And the reason why I bring that up is because when I'm not doing those two specific things on Tuesday and Wednesday night, I'm just forgetting about the show all week. 
I'm not thinking about how's my show performing? What do I need to do to get advertisers interested in the show? I don't do any of that shit. Like if this is if this is potentially like a business or like some kind of venture for me, I uh, I neglect the hell out of it because I just don't I just don't care about doing that. So it's I, I only bring that up to say it always comes as such a shock to me uh, every now and then when I do decide to do something like check the check the analytics, see how the podcast is performing because. I mean, because I mean, last time I last time I really looked into that was probably like six months ago. So anyway, the other night I got on Spotify's like user account, whatever thing and checked my podcast analytics. And I was really, really, really surprised to see uh, just how many people were supporting the show. It looks like, you know, on through Spotify alone, we have well over a thousand concurrent listeners every episode, it seems like. And we've had tens of thousands of people just check out the show through Spotify alone. And that actually, like I tweeted out the other day, like that actually really, really hurts my brain to think about because I remember just getting all giddy and excited when I was like, holy crap, 30 people have listened to my show. And that was just a little over a year ago. And now here we are. And, you know, I'm not going to say tens of thousands of people listen to my show. That's not accurate. But tens of thousands of people have clicked on my show. And, you know, I have somewhere over a thousand people who have, you know, more or less listened to the show on a somewhat regular basis as of late. And that's just like actually really hard for me to comprehend. So I just want to say, I don't know how, how to put that without it sounding like I'm kind of bragging about how the show's doing, but I really want to bring that up. Not, not so much so I can flex on, you know, how, what I've built, but rather that I can thank you guys for supporting the show in any way to literally anyone and everyone who's ever listened to the show, whether, whether you've been here since the beginning and you loved every episode or you've come on and off from time to time, depending on how you feel, or if you only listen to one episode, decided it wasn't for you and then clicked it off, clicked off and never came back. I, Seriously, anyone who's ever listened to the show, I really, really appreciate that. It's a really, I don't know, it's a, it's a weird thing to just go to my day job all week and kind of just do my obnoxious thing and then come home and play my video games and cook dinner and be like, oh, hi, girlfriend, hi, cat, I'm going to bed, I'm tired, and then all of a sudden realize, oh my god, you know, like I'm just in my own head doing my own like autopilot routine thing all week, and then I noticed there's a shit ton of people listening to my stupid podcast where I pretend it's about Xbox, but we actually talk about what we're eating at the movie theater. And we will get into that in just a moment. So don't you worry. But I, I don't know. I, again, I we'll we'll get off it now, but I just really want to say thank you so much. If you ever listened to the show. Uh, and with that said, I want to extend to you just, you know, like I said, I'm not really pushing to grow this show or make it marketable in a way that I can make it my job or anything, but let's just say hypothetically, I were able to get the show into a position where I could put ads on it. Let, let me know what kind of ads would you like to hear with your Xbox on? You know, like if uh, if you, if I were in the middle of explaining to you why Game Pass is dumb and Spider-Man should be in the next Halo, and then it just cuts off mid-conversation, I'm like, we'll get right back to the show, but first I want to tell you about today's sponsors. You know, and I know you guys love that shit, so just tell me, like, what kind of sponsors would you hope to see in a scenario like that? You know, like... I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of a little company called HelloFresh? Yeah, that's damn right. I bet you haven't. I bet you're dying to know. You guys know what NordVPN is? Well, stay tuned. I can tell you all about that if they're willing to pay me for it. So just let me know what you guys think about the potential of maybe one day having ads all over Xbox on. In fact, I'd like to YouTube monetize the show and not not by saying monetize the show on YouTube, but rather monetize or, or place ads in the show the way YouTube does where like you can't enjoy a long form video or show because there's just ad every five seconds, ad every five seconds. I want to do that to you. I want to be like, hey guys, welcome to Xbox on. Here's a Facebook Messenger ad. Five seconds, five seconds, done. All right, welcome back to the show. Blah, 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 boom. 
Facebook Messenger ad, Facebook Messenger ad, okay. Next, uh, Mitsubishi ad or whatever car you've been looking at on the internet lately ad. You know, I, I want to get Xbox onto that point where you're just, in fact, I just want to inundate you with ads. If we could make this entire show just uh, one discreet ad that you, you maybe you don't even know. Maybe the whole time this show's been an ad for Taco Bell and McDonald's and the like, so you, you don't even know. Your tiny brains think that we're here to talk about Xbox, but meanwhile, I'm just getting paid by Landry's to make you all go to the Rainforest Cafe and you know, taking big bucks from Papa John's or whatever. We don't talk about Papa John's, but maybe they're paying me anyway to advertise Wendy's or Chick-fil-A or whatever it is we talk about. But anyway, that's just just want to put all that out there. Now, an actual thing uh, Xbox-related I want to bring up, a little correction is something I was wrong about, is last week I said at the top of the show that Windows Central was reporting that this Friday, March 26th, Xbox was rumored to be doing a kind of like smaller Xbox game showcase. I said, you know, Xbox commented on that, said that wasn't real, and no one else was really reporting on it, so I'm not really going to treat that as real news. Don't hold your breath on it. But then, like, the day after the podcast went live last week, Microsoft or Xbox came out and was like, hey, guys, we're doing uh, Xbox game showcase on March 26th. Now, just to set expectations, they said it's focusing on indies. It's a smaller, it's an idea at Xbox event, so... I'm actually really excited about this because they've confirmed that we're going to see more from The Ascent, which is that Twin Sticks RPG shooter game that I really want to play. But um, yeah, so that will happen. You know, this show goes up on Thursday. So the next day, Friday, that that will be happening. Um, so we'll talk about that next week. But, you know, expect some decent announcement in, announcements and information from that event. But keeping in mind, this is smaller games. This is indie games. This is not a Halo Infinite thing. This is not an Avowed or Elder Scrolls thing. This is a smaller thing from third parties, indie developers, things like that. But nonetheless, some interesting stuff to look forward to. So I do want to point that out. That will be happening this Friday, March 26th. And then finally, one last thing we need to address before we jump into the regular comments for the week. Something that Mr. Miggy wrote in on over on YouTube.com slash Second Best Gaming, although it's not actually that because that's not, I don't have a URL, it's just Second Best Gaming somewhere on YouTube. Anyway, Mr. Miggy left a comment. I don't know how to present the order of this, so let's just try to do this. Mr. Miggy commented, so this is why your channel is called Second Best Gaming, wondering emoji. And the comment was not left on Xbox On. The comment was left on a video titled Cars 3 Driven to Win Nintendo Switch Dash Thomasville Playground Gameplay. So a lot of you are going, what the fuck are you saying right now? Let me let me defend myself, okay? So yes, if you go, if you are weird enough to to search into the recess of what the second best gaming YouTube channel has, the channel where I upload the Xbox on podcast, you might find that, yes, I have a bunch of old videos on there ranging from like 2015-ish to 2018 probably. I don't fucking know. So, yes, let, let me explain this to you guys, okay? This is going to be a typical Xbox on over-explained situation. So, ever since I started college, pretty much the end of high school actually, in like 2012, 2013, whatever it was, I decided I wanted to start writing about video games, podcasting about video games, doing a YouTube channel about video games, because my dream when I was in high school and early college, when I was going to be a journalism major, was that one day I wanted to write for a big games media outlet. I wanted to work for like an IGN or something like that, because I followed specifically sites like IGN religiously for so many years. I love the podcast. I love the people that used to work there. I loved the content. I read IGN religiously since I was in like the fourth grade, so... 
I thought it would be the coolest thing in the world if one day I got to live in San Francisco and pay $6 a morning for a cup of coffee and get to work at IGN with all those guys and be a giant man-child. That was my dream. So when I was a junior, senior in high school, I came up with the idea that if I just start writing every day, YouTubing every day, podcasting every day, it's not about building an audience, it's just about putting the work out there. I can build a portfolio for myself and that alongside with getting a journalism degree would serve as like a lot of work experience and, and, you know, a portfolio to get my, get my foot in the door with some of these websites. That was the whole plan. I, was, I wasn't trying to be famous. wasn't trying to be a PewDiePie. I just want to defend myself there. I know some of this content is cringe, but it was for portfolio purposes, not for, you know, the intent of becoming a big hit celebrity. So you might find on my channel, there's a lot of little like uh, video essays and a lot of random gameplay videos. The thing is, you know, obviously if the thing is, when I was in college, I lived at home with my dad and his wife and, and all that because I, I wanted to save money and pay for school out of pocket and not be in debt. So I stayed at home, which was great because it helped me get through school debt free. But at the same time, it was a really limiting, weird environment. I never felt comfortable like setting up and like doing a podcast and having a YouTube channel and like having cameras and lights and shit everywhere. It was just a very uncomfortable environment to be working in and filming in. My dad lives in like a rather like modest size one story house so like it's not like a really a place where I can like have my setup do my thing be all cool and quirky and personality driven and without you know my dad and his girlfriend like knocking on the door across the hall like hey hey what the what the hell are you doing in there so a lot of what I did you know for content back in those days was like quieter things things that make less of a, a presence less of a noise so it was a lot of blogging I used to have a, a little blog I do and it was a lot of like YouTube videos where I was like well maybe if I just post like gameplay videos like videos of me playing games it will draw attention like subscribers because you know kids will just watch anything on youtube you can upload a video of you playing with legos and boom you got twenty thousand views for no fucking reason so i figured if i do a lot of that stuff because i already like a lot of kitty games i play like the pixar's cars video games i play like disney infinity and shit like that i actually like those kinds of games so if i just upload videos of me playing these kinds of games it might draw attention to the channel which will help push my videos out there which will which means when i make more serious videos it might get more eyes on my content i don't know i was stupid i was like 18 19 20 and i was just trying to look for ways to get my shit out there and work in a really weird environment where i didn't feel like i had full creative reign that's why i didn't even start xbox on until i moved down on my own too much information, too much backstory, but I want to give you all that so you understand why the fuck the guy that's passionately yelling about why Halo 4 is such a misunderstood game uploaded a video three or four years ago called Cars 3 Driven to Win Thomasville Playground Gameplay. So that's my defense, okay? These were just videos I was putting out there to get attention, but you know what, Mr. Miggy? The video you commented on here, you know, actually is my most popular YouTube video of all time. This video has almost 300,000 views. You know, it's just a freak. It's one of those like freak accents. Like you upload a video, I guess it just hit the algorithm the right way. But this video just blew. And a lot of my videos of me just playing kids games, you know, without commentary or anything have, you know, some of them have 10, 20, 40, 50,000 views. Some of them only have a couple hundred. Some of them only have like 70, you know, but you know, I got a handful of videos that have just an obnoxious amount of of views and this one is the most it has almost 300,000 views so laugh all you want but you know what cars 3 driven to win got me 300,000 hits on YouTube so suck it Mr. Miggy all right so now I've come clean with that you know a little bit about the backstory you probably didn't want to know but hey now you know 
so next time you're listening to an ad on the Xbox on podcast, you can, you can take that time to contemplate what decisions in my life brought me to this point. So with that all said, laid out, clear on the table, and you know, I will defend, some of those videos I'll defend, some of those videos, I really should make most of them private at this point, but there are some videos, some of my quote unquote video essays that I used to do like maybe two or three, three years ago, maybe some of them I actually defend. There's some pretty solid ones that I put, man, I mean, there's a, I have a video there uh, about the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit, that game from Don't Nod from a few years ago. Holy shit, that video took me like like 20, 30 hours to put together and it got like 50 views, man, that shit, that shit, that shit sucks. But anyway, you know, some, some videos there, I actually will defend a little bit, but Mr. Miggy, please, please go easy on me. Don't, don't insult me too much. Don't hurt my feelings. You know, I'm fragile. Now guys, with that all out of the way, I think we should jump into the comments, the shout outs, everything, as you may know from what we just talked about, you can go over to youtube.com. Second best gaming is the channel. The Xbox on podcast playlist will be found there. Leave a comment on the latest episode and we'll read it on next week's show. Like some of you do, some of you don't. That's fine too. If you don't like to comment, you know, I'd be a hypocrite if I bullied you for it because I don't leave comments on my favorite podcast. So why should I expect you to do the same for me? But uh, with that said, Sam Torres, who is not a Nazi because he left a comment, uh, writes in with our first comment of the week saying, honestly, you do such a great job with the podcast. I listened to the older episodes and you've improved to the point that other Xbox podcasts don't really scratch the same itch for me. You could end the show with an extra F-bomb like power your fucking dreams. It'd be cool, whatever. Great way to finish 2020. You got the Xbox Series X and great way to continue on with 2021 as you just got your COVID shot. Headphones will be back in stock soon. Well, Sam, I really appreciate those kind words. You know, I, I realize now, based on the way I kind of organize the show notes, it just seems like a lot of patting the self on the back. I'm just like, guys, I have a lot of listeners now. And uh, guys, I, I've been doing YouTube for so long, grinding so hard. Don't make fun of my old cringy content. And then I'm like, oh, Sam Torres comes in with our first comment to tell me how awesome I am. Okay. It's like, I feel like at this point with the way I've formatted the show or this week's episode, the first news story of the week might be me just going, all right, our first story is that Xbox has single has, has pointed me out specifically to say what a great fan I am and that I am their favorite, I'm their number one Xbox fan. And they said that when they make decisions on Xbox uh, that may or may not impact fans, they think about me. I am their ideal, I am their archetype. I am the premier fan model that they look at when they make decisions like uh, should we buy Bethesda or not. So maybe, I don't know, fuck it. But I appreciate those really kind words, Sam. And it's funny that you mentioned that. I, I'm I'm too, I don't go back and listen to the show at all. That would make me very uncomfortable. But it's funny you say that because I used to put so much more work into Xbox on because I used to really script out like each and everything. Like I would read the news stories, I would write the news stories, and then I would try to write some like commentary and talking points I want to bring up. But nowadays I'm like, I just try to be a little more off the cuff. I just copy and paste the news. I format the you know, organize it with this will go here first and we'll talk about this second. I, I still do that, but like I, I mostly just go in off the cuff with the commentary and everything. So I'm glad you enjoy it. I, I feel like it comes off a little more rambly and I think we could all agree the show's very rambly, but hopefully it seems, seems like some of you guys enjoy that enough to stick around. So I do appreciate the kind words. Hopefully the show continues to improve and get better. And maybe one day, even the normies who let's face it, they're just not cool enough for this show. Uh, maybe they'll even try to give it a try, but you know, we're just, we're just cool misfits. Maybe they don't understand us. Second comment of the day comes in from, uh, on Twitter at yeah, three, five, six gaming, who says just found out that they are knocking down the Taco Bell in my town to build a new TGI Fridays there instead thoughts. 
I saw an ad the other day that says my local supermarket now stocks the TGI Fridays. I, I assume you mean the frozen select items. Uh, and you say you're hyped about that. So yeah, 356 Gaming. I just want to say, I, I know, and I hope I'm not revealing too much personal information, but I know because you follow me on Twitter that uh, you live in the UK. Uh, so I do want to just point out there that the reason why that is of relevance is because t- TGI Friday, the great TGI Friday that we all know and love, actually have a substantially different menu offering in, in the UK. In fact, they have what looks like a way cooler menu in, in their UK stores. And the theming of their stores also looks a lot more kitschy and fun in their UK stores. In fact, TGI Fridays in the UK, because I've watched a lot of videos of this, believe it or not, because I'm sociopathic like that, actually still retains a lot of that like fun, kitschy Americana kind of theming that it, TGI used to have here in like the 90s and early 2000s. You know, here in the States, TGI Fridays, they're trying to do that thing every every company does where they're trying to like modernize it and, and neuter all the personality out of it by like making everything pretty like monotone and boring and clean and open air and empty and just basically uninspired in every way imaginable. And so it really brings a lot of joy to my heart when I see videos on YouTube of the TGI Fridays locations in the UK because I feel like you guys are still getting access to the real authentic TGI. Not only that, but you guys just have some really interesting food items, menu items that we don't have here. So I'm a little jealous of you in that regard. So yes, is it sad that you're losing a Taco Bell? Absolutely. I mean, you should absolutely pour one out for that Taco Bell. Go get yourself a Baja Blast and tip that bitch upside down uh, in, in respect for the Taco Bell. But with that being said, you're getting a TGI Friday. So I mean... If you're going to lose something as special as a Taco Bell, there's not much that God could do to make it up to you. Not not much you could do better than, you know, build a TGI Fridays in its place. So not only that, but you have the TGI Fridays uh, items now hitting your your store shelves at your supermarket. So really great day for you. You have the opportunity to gain a precious 35 TGI pounds in your tummy. So that's that's a blessing right there. Now. Last week, I asked you guys, you know, we talked a little bit about the movie theater experience, and I asked you guys, what were your uh, eating preferences for going to the movie theater, or the cinema, as you may call it? And a handful of you did write in about this, which I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into, so let's just jump right in. Sarugi says, going to the movies with my family, my mom was always down in the grocery store for the cheaper snacks, and still does. She is also the one sitting in the middle of the cinema with a six-inch sub from Subway. Me, since I started earning my own moolah, I won't go to a regular theater anymore. I only watch films in gold in gold class where people come and serve you food and beverage, and you get those those big ass recliners. I assume you're talking about like those AMC dine-ins or uh, what do they call them? The something ale the they call them the Alamo Draft House or Studio Movie Grill. Those are like the the brands we have here that do that. Um, but I assume in Australia, so you guys probably have a couple different brands. Maybe, maybe AMC does that as, there as well. I'm, I'm not sure, but I do know exactly what you're talking about. The kind of wine and dine service. I, I have a, I have a weird relationship with those. If it's a regular movie theater that has a regular concession stand, but they also have a bar in the lobby and then the recliner chairs and you have to pick your own seats. I kind of hate that. I'd rather a movie theater just be like completely old school or completely all in on the new stuff. So like I want it to be old school. Like I want to walk into a movie theater and feel like it's still 1988 or 1994 and just it's a free for all with the seating and the screen's kind of shitty and the building's a little moldy and your only options for like snacks and drinks are like popcorn, Coke, M&Ms, a pretzel, you know, like that's all you got. You know, I, I want that movie theater experience where the ticket's like seven bucks 
or I want like this super bougie experience where it's like $17 a ticket, but you got a server who comes over to you and is like, oh, would you like a fucking uh, ahi tuna salad with a sesame ginger dressing while you watch uh, Nicolas Cage in uh, a retelling of Nicholas Sparks the Notebook? And you're just like, I, yeah, I think I, I think I would like that in a lemon drop martini, please, and thank you. And they're just like, awesome, that'll be $400, but it's absolutely worth it. So I, I wanted to go all the way into the new style or all the way into the old style, but I really hate these theaters that do the half step of like, oh, order chicken wings at the counter, but then take them to your to your recliner chair in the theater, but no server and everything's really expensive, but it's also kind of like the old way. So I, I get what you're saying there, but classic, classic, uh, classic mom stunt there with the whole bring your own uh, snacks from the grocery store. Now, Joe Murphy says about the movie theater. I have five kids and I sneak candies and drinks in for them and I buy a large ass thing of popcorn. Yes. And a big ass Mountain Dew. Amen. That's a that's a man of the Lord right there. Sam Torres says on the subject of eating at the movies, my girlfriend, now wife, and I used to smuggle in a sub used to smuggle in subway to the movies anytime possible. That shit stopped after eating a BMT in Schindler's list. And I swear, mid shoe, the old lady in front of me starts weeping hard. Nothing ruins my appetite like the second like secondhand hardship. Now it's simple. Popcorn if I bring my family. I love that mental image of you just like indulging in something as messy and disgusting as like a meatball marinara sub (laughs) and the lady in front of you, this like widowed 74 year old woman in front of you is just sobbing profusely all alone. And you're just like, ah, man. And you got like marinara sauce all over your face and you feel like a dumbass. That's a That's a good one. Now you and Sarugi both here with the sub, not only bringing a sub sandwich into a movie theater, but specifically subway. It seems like, you know, I, I hate, I personally, I hate subway. I think subway is a sin, but the fact that subway is, is appearing as the unofficial official sub sandwich of the movie theater has me wondering if maybe they should just build subway kiosks or, or subway, you know, like a food court station in the lobby of a movie theater, because it seems like there's a lot of money to be made there. But, um, continuing on, my brother writes in going to the movies is the one thing I'm okay with going into cardiac arrest over popcorn with extra salt, nachos, pretzels, soda, peanut M&Ms. All right. Fuck you. Pretzels. I mean, fuck you, nachos, and why the hell are you doing peanut M&Ms over regular M&Ms? You know, you put the regular M&Ms in there, or you put the Bunch of Crunch, otherwise, you're you're basically a communist. Now, Lethal Migraine says, in typical Lethal Migraine fashion, the only correct answer about the movies is who gives a shit about the movie itself. The only reason to go to the theater is to get that butter topping covered popcorn and a soda. Well, at least there was some positivity in there. Lethal Migraine, I see how that can be the case, but to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of quite the opposite. I'm, I'm more likely to go to the movie theater, just watch the movie with no food, than I am to go to the movie theater, pay to watch a movie I don't give a shit about, but then use that as an excuse to indulge in popcorn and soda. I mean, if I wanted to do that, I could just make a popcorn and soda at home and watch YouTube, but... I get it. It's not the same. It's it's an experience. Now, our final one about the movie theater is a little bit... I, I need to give my mother a platform here because she was personally... She felt personally attacked and offended from what I said last week about my family's experiences going to the theater. So I have to allow her this opportunity to vent. So let me hand the mic over to my mom real quick who's got something to say. She says... She says Okay, I don't know what hurts the most. The fact that you don't remember uh, accurately me taking you to the movies in your childhood or the fact that you don't understand how I was teaching you and your siblings to be, you punk. Here's what I remember. I was thinking of making great memories with my kids that they'd never forget. 
I thought you'd remember how I always taught you to rock the boat with the establishment, but now you're, but now you're acting like, but now you're like, we didn't have popcorn in the movies, but yes, as a matter of fact, I would buy three buckets of popcorn just so everybody had all that they wanted. Maybe it didn't get passed to you, but I don't think so. I remember for Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and for so many other films, having you guys take the day off school so we could go to the first showing. And what kind of shit did I get for that? I'd get all this whining and wow, my teacher told me if I miss a day, I, would be, I wouldn't be able to make it up. And wow, I have a spelling test and I don't want to miss it. I never understood that. If my mother said to me that I get to sleep in and then we're going to go to the first showing of a new movie, I would remember that forever. But no, you guys were like, my teacher and... You forgot the popcorn. I was trying to teach you to stand up against the man. Do you remember me telling you guys that your teachers worked for me and screw what they said? Yes, we would go to Walmart and buy all kinds of candy, but that's because I was fighting the machine. You go to the movie theater to buy your candy and soda, and you may as well be buying a new car. You need to correct your memory, man. All right. So, <laughs> shout out to my mom for uh, putting me in my place. I would like to mention, though, you know, you mentioned the whole, all the perks of getting out of school early. Listen, I was a very, I've always been a very anxious person. I always feel like, you know, I'm, I'm fucking up if I don't follow a schedule. So my teachers tell me not to miss a day of school. I would get severe anxiety if I was missing a day of school. This is why I hated being sick growing up. This is why I never played hooky. I always wanted to feel like I was up to date with what I needed to know. I, I hated the feeling of feeling like I was, of being behind in something. So in my defense, but I appreciate you putting me in my place and reminding me how it really went, but beyond everything you say here about the candy and the popcorn and the how much you loved us and sleeping in and skipping school, the only thing here that really stands out to me is the fact that your examples for special events and special movies are Harry Potter and the Lord of the Rings. So I would just like to add here, maybe I wouldn't have such a big issue with missing school or maybe I'd have fonder memories of the delicious, buttery, salty popcorn if we were going to see something cooler than Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. <laughs> Instead, you're like, let's watch this movie about all these little fucking British rats that have to get thrown into a boarding school because they all have weird superpowers and their parents don't love them. And I was like, oh, shit, you, you want to see Spider-Man instead? The guy fucking swings around New York City, like, f from buildings. You want to see that? And my whole family's like, nah, Harry Potter's good with me. So maybe that's why I'm just a little scarred. You wanted to watch a movie about little orcs and knives and magical elf creatures running around trying to throw a piece of jewelry into a, a pot of lava, which to me just sounds like a big fucking waste of money. If I were those idiots, I would have just taken the ring to a pawn shop and made some money off the whole thing. But like the fact that these are the movies you want me to associate with my childhood and how loving you were with spoiling us at the theater just shows that you clearly never knew me at all. I'm, I'm a Spider-Man guy through and through. Those were the movies that spoke to me or, you know, at least DreamWorks Shark Tales. You can't forget about that movie. Fucking pinnacle of my childhood. So, you know, in my defense. But that's gonna, that's it for our comments about the movie theater, you guys. If you object to anything like that, feel free to bring it up again next week. Um, but I do... Sarugi wants to follow up on something that was mentioned last week in passing. He says, in regards to crapping at work, if you take a dump at home after a long day at work, you're doing it wrong. Crapping on company time is where it's at. You gotta get paid for that shit, literally. And Sam Torres backs Sarugi up by saying, Yes, brother, it's a known fact that work dumps are just way more productive. Overtime dumps, well, that's just getting corporate on the corporation. All right, well, clearly I'm wrong here. And, and, and listen, Sarugi, Sam, 
I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think at the heart of what you're saying, you are right. And that is a great point. I have, I take no issue with what you're saying here, but the fact of the matter is I, I am a, I'm a very particular man about where I like to uh, dispose of my waste. I'm, I'm very much a, you go at home or you don't go at all, unless it's an absolute emergency. You know, that's why, you know, you wake up for a day of work. You make sure you go before work. You know, public restrooms, restrooms at work, these restrooms are designated are designated for pissing and washing your hands, nothing more. Maybe checking on your hair, maybe checking on your clothes to make sure you don't have any fucking uh, meatball stains on there or anything like that. But the, 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 the work bathrooms are for, you know, peeing, washing your hands, or if you need to order something online and you want to put in your credit card information, but you're at work, so you need to sneak into the bathroom real quick so you can punch in those credit card digits and, and, and buy that new Hot Wheels toy or whatever it may be. That Those are the scenarios where I use the work restroom. But the taking of a dump, that is that is for severe. That is for emergency situations only. That is for like the night before I ate an entire 26-inch pizza from Giovanni's plus chicken wings all by myself and I topped it off with a cheesecake. That's that's what, you know, shitting at the work toilet is for. So, while I admire, you know, where you're coming from with this, I can't say that I I can relate because I'm a little bit of a princess with these kinds of things. I same thing, theme parks won't use the restrooms. Restrooms are for pissing, washing hands, and a discussion. We're not, we're not, we're not pulling the pants down all the way. We're not sitting on anything that a billion tourists have 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 sat their asses on. It's just not happening. Okay, we're cleaner than that. This is America, goddammit. All right, now in regards to the COVID shot, I mentioned last week that I was fortunate enough to get my COVID shot. Mister Miggy says, "Jokes on you, Jesse." Not only did I get the new Xbox headset that, you know, I missed out on because I chose to get my COVID shot instead, you say, but I already got the virus last year. So, Mr. Miggy, now I feel like I'm a loser because now I can't get COVID and I can't get an Xbox headset, but you got both. So, you're right. Joke is on me, Mr. Miggy. Knock on wood. Hopefully, I, I, I don't get COVID for saying that. Dead Captain James says, it's pretty ironic. I got my first dose at Walmart as well about 10 days ago. Four days later, I contracted COVID. I made it over a year with no COVID. I got the vaccine and boom, I catch COVID shortly after. Fuck my life. On the plus side, the only symptoms I have are the stuffy nose slash zero taste and smell. Uh, so at least the vaccine did its job in making it less intense. Dead Captain James, I mostly read this comment because I just want to put out there, you know, I hope you're doing well. You know, you, you read this in like five days ago. So hopefully by now you're feeling pretty good. It's It's been well over a week between you know when you got in when you wrote this comment so i'm hoping you're feeling pretty good please do keep us updated i i'd like to know that you're feeling better and all that but man i i'm sorry that really does suck the good news is you know i mean the worst thing about covid is the shortness of breath sp- spreading it to people you you know other people who are immune compromised or you know getting like the insane fevers and shit like that so i mean if all you, if all you're doing is losing your sense of taste and touch for a while i'd say you got you know off pretty easy for the most part but the reason uh, the other reason I want to bring dead captain James's comment here is because what's really unfortunate about his covid situation is because you have covid and you can't smell or taste you're co- you're totally fucked because we all know the quesalupa is back at Taco Bell right now and Taco Bell they don't love us they don't love us like they used to we know that quesalupa is going to be off the menu in like a week or two's time and we also know people who lose their sense of t- uh, taste and smell from covid usually don't get it back sometimes for months after they've had the sick the the illness so dude if you 
if you are unable to get a quesalupa and munch into that bullshit and enjoy its cheesy, delicious goodness because COVID destroyed your sense of taste and smell, then, man, I, like, seriously, like, hey, yeah, 356 uh, Gaming, pour out another Mountain Dew for our homie here because that is a serious L there, so... I do, I do hope you're feeling better, though. Uh, and then, you know, just a couple other comments to wrap up. Just some mismatch miscellaneous stuff. OG Man says, What's up, Jesse? Another great show. As for movies, I always go and sneak in candy, but buy one drink for me and my wife to share. You know, stop right there. It seems like that's the purveying kind of answers. Everyone sneaks in their own candy and then buys popcorn at, uh, and buys popcorn at the at the concession stand because you can't really skimp on that one. So seems like that's the overall popular answer. But you continue on. Just wanted to say I pre- I'm prepared to eat my words when I bashed Outriders a few weeks ago. Since it's coming to Game Pass, I will definitely give it a fair shot. And who knows? We'll see what happens. On a side note, I just started playing Dishonored since it came to Game Pass because I keep hearing about what a, what how much I slept how much it was slept on. And man, I'm really loving it. I just wish I had a Series X right now to play it. Uh, the updated version on still no luck ordering the console, but hopefully I'll be in the club before infinite comes out. Look forward to next week's show. Yeah, man. I hope you're able to get a series X sooner rather than later as well. But I mean, just hang in there. I, I, I do want to say, you know, cause I know there are probably still a lot of you out there who haven't been able to get your series X yet. You know, it's it's disappointing. You want to be a part of the conversation. You want to have the new shiny toy. I mean, or I mean, I don't know if that's how you feel, but I assume that's how you feel. That's certainly how I felt and how I would feel if I didn't have a Series X. Um, so I totally understand that frustration and how much that situation sucks. But if it's any consolation, if, if it helps in any way, shape or form, the Xbox Series X, especially at this point in its life, really isn't a totally necessary buy right now because there's not too. This has been a really slow start to a generation. There's really not too much happening right now that's like, oh man, you're missing out. It's, it's not like there's any exclusive game that you can't be playing right now. So I hope that makes you feel at least a little better. I mean, of course, obviously the Series X has plenty of perks, especially with all its backwards compatibility stuff and the way it boosts older games, make things look and run better. But at the end of the day. You know, with your regular with your Xbox One, you still have you still have access to pretty much all the same content, just doesn't look and run exactly the same. So I hope that makes it at least a little sting a little less, but maybe that's more justification for myself and not so much you. But yeah, as for Dishonored Man, yeah, that's what everyone says. I actually bought Dishonored Definitive Edition like a month ago, and I've been playing on playing it, and then it came to Game Pass. I'm a little I'm like, ah fuck, why did I do that? But, uh, you know, that's that's my dumbass. That was my dumbass mistake. I should have known it would come to Game Pass, obviously, since the acquisition. But anyway, I only bought it for like seven bucks. Uh, but yeah, I, I plan on getting that game soon as well for the same reason. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. Count Skyler says, sorry, I agree that the excitement around Game Pass is the fact that we're going to see experimental titles that would have immediately gone in the trash based on old AAA exclusive models. I'm going to have to try Bulletstorm now, by the way, and I miss the Taco Bell Steak Taquito. Lastly, I am so relieved that you didn't adopt the I'm going to Disney World outro. The amount of resent that would have built up each week. Well, Count Skyler, I'm, gl- I'm glad you have come around you and you know that we have to end the show with uh, power your dreams. Of course, Uh, of all these things, I would like to say the Taco Bell steak taquito. What a wonderful little item that was with the spicy ranch dipping sauce stuff that came with. That was a a really special item that the T bell really needs to consider bringing back before I uh, go homicidal and and start um, buying those Jose, whatever frozen taquitos from the grocery store and just uh, fucking spilling them all around Taco Bell parking lots 
positioning them to spell the words bring it back or else or something like that. You know, real cryptic evil shit like that so that Taco Bell knows that I'm not kidding around here. We need the ta- we need the taquitos back, but Joe Murphy wants to chime in with some last comments and say, can't wait to get my Series X headset delivered. I got a, I got a longtime PlayStation friend of mine now thinking and wanting to come over to the Xbox side. I showed him Game Pass at my house three days ago, and he was amazed. Today he texted me and found... And I found out that he got a new Xbox Series S and signed up for Game Pass. Well, Joe, thank you for bringing another member over to the light side. Hopefully his soul will be saved and God will uh, show mercy on him when he when he eventually does pass. Uh, hopefully he can join us all in heaven. As we know, Xbox gamers are uh, assumed to be going to the Holy Land because, after all, we do play on the Holy Platform. And, and lastly, Count Skyla says, Master Chief Collection on the new consoles holds up really well. Literally plays and feels better than they ever looked before. 343 needs to add new maps and a New maps a couple times a year, and it would get all those whiny, nostalgic fans a good distraction so that they whine a little less. The Halo online maps being added blows my mind. Never dreamed we'd see new content for these games, for these 20-year-old games. Yeah, man, that's that's the beauty of Master Chief Collection, is it? It does such a good job of preserving Halo that, like I said, you know, a couple weeks ago, like, you can, you can just jump into Master Chief Collection and jump from Halo 1 to Reach to 3 to 4 to 2, whatever you want to play, and it's just so, you know, control schemes are a little different. Conventions, mechanics are a little different. But, like, it's just so seamless how well each one of those games all holds up. They are all equally awesome game, equally awesome games and fun to play. And it's just, it's 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 the best, man. But that's going to do it for all of our comments, shoutouts, whatnot this week. You guys, remember, if you want to comment next week, just head over to YouTube.com and leave a comment on the latest episode. Remember, for next week, guys, don't be shy. Reply. Now let's jump into what I've been playing. But before I can tell you about what I've been playing, I've got to tell you about what I've been eating, and guys, I already I already teased it a little bit, I had the quesalupa this week, stopped by the Taco Bell on my way home on Sunday night, and I said, quesalupa, but of course, you know, I'm not a heathen, I asked for chicken instead of beef, because, you know, I'm a man of the Lord, and boy, oh boy, I, I you know, I said last week that I must have had the quesalupa before when it was around last time, I don't know that I remember having it, I either had the quesalupa like a hundred times and I don't remember, or I never had it at all, because I... I, I couldn't exactly, you know, place my finger on the familiarity of the item, but god damn is the quesalupa good. It was so good. I had just one of them because you know me with the calories and whatnot. I, but god, I need to go back and get another one. Those things are so, so good, and uh, I don't I don't regret it at all. The quesalupa, very special menu item, and I recommend to everyone. If you're seeing a lot of people talk about it, you're saying this must be an overhyped item. No, it's not overhyped at all. It is worth the talk, you bitch. Aside from that, I've been in a really big Rainforest Cafe mood. You guys know me. I'm a huge fan of the Rainforest Cafe. If you don't know what it is, look it up, you fucking nerd. I've been reading the actual... Uh, I've been I've been reading the autobiography lately of the founder of Rainforest Cafe. Yes, he wrote he wrote an autobiography. And, well, not really an autobiography. It's just about like his career success and shit like that. So it's part of his life. It's not all of his life. But anyway, I've been reading his book, and I've been really enjoying the hell out of that, learning the insights of the Rainforest Cafe. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I'm jonesing for some Rainforest Cafe. I gotta get to, I gotta get to the Rainforest Cafe. I need some Rasta pasta. I, uh, I need some chimichachas. I need, I need it. I need to go to a place where there's a rainstorm every 20 minutes and monkeys beat their chest and freak out while I consume more than 2000 calorie, uh, diet for the day. So this just needs to happen. And I'm constantly watching YouTube videos on Rainforest Cafe and begging my girlfriend to go. Let's see. Fingers crossed. Maybe this weekend it happens. But 
Really, really missing the Rainforest Cafe this week. I did get a Rainforest Cafe hat the other day while I was at Disney. Shit looks good on me, guys. And lastly, as for what I've been eating, you know, this past weekend actually was my girlfriend's birthday. Um, so we we went somewhere nice. She really loves seafood. So there's this seafood restaurant at Disney I, we've been meaning to try forever. So we went to, uh, it's called Paddlefish. It's a really nice seafood restaurant. And honestly, we had... We had kind of like a whatever experience, like amazing drinks, amazing appetizers. Uh, entrees were just kind of middling, but it was it was a fun experience. I'm really glad I finally got to try this place out. Um, I think for the most part, we both enjoyed it. That's not relevant. That's not why I'm bringing this up. You know, happy birthday, girlfriend, whatever. Seafood, you like it, whatever. The reason I'm bringing this up is because we were sat, you know, they socially distance the tables a lot. They seat like every other table, but we were sat within viewing distance of a family of four that was, you know, just sitting down, enjoying a nice dinner. And, you know, it's one of those restaurants where it's like the food can be really nice and elegant for the adults, but for the kids, since it's on Disney property, of course, they got to dumb down the food and make it really good for, you know, on the kids' menu, make it really appealing for like little stupid dumbasses. So it's like hot dogs, corn dogs, chicken nuggets, cheeseburger, whatever. And I just look over, you know, at one point my girlfriend and I were sitting there, we're eating like this like crab cake and we got these little cocktails and we're sitting there and we're like, oh, look, it's your birthday. We're all fancy. We're, we're doing this thing. It's so nice. And then I look over and I see this little fucking dumbass, maybe like six years old or something like that. And the kid's sitting there. He's got like a little basket with his kid's meal. It's got like chicken nuggets or French fries or whatever. The kid's eating a hot dog. And he's eating it like a goddamn terrorist where he just rips the dog straight out of the bun and he's like mashing this thing and just gnawing on it. I'm like, okay, this, this is weird. This is weird. But I look over a little bit later. My girlfriend's like saying something we're talking and then I look over a little bit later and I'm like, holy fuck, and just pulls me out of the entire experience. This kid has now consumed his entire hot dog, but he has left the bun untouched. Well, he's not one to waste food and I can respect that much about him. He decides to take the hot dog bun, rip it in half and just mash the bun in his hand and start just gnawing on it. He's just eating plain ass hot dog bun. He never put any ketchup or mustard on this hot dog. He never put any kind of topping whatsoever on this hot dog. He ate a plain ass hot dog and now he's eating a plain ass hot dog bun. Nothing, just nothing going on. It's not a grilled bun. There's no salt and pepper and mayo or anything on it. There's no, like, it's not a Chicago dog. There's no pickles and onions and peppers and shit like that. No, he's eating a, just a raw-ass, boring fucking hot dog bun. And he, it looked like a hot dog bun you'd buy at the grocery store. And he's just shoving this thing in his mouth like, this is food. This is why we came to this nice seafood restaurant, was for the hot dog buns. And I just, I, I couldn't help but just think, like, someone needs to go over to this table and, and it's, you know, it's a restaurant that's like, it, it looks boat themed. So it's like it, the, the restaurant looks like it's on the boat. If you walk outside, there's like a balcony with water and everything and a little, a little lake it's looking out on. Uh, you could pick this kid up and just punt him like, like he's a football, just punt his little ass over the boat into the water and we could be rid of him. It could be over. We could be done. His parents would say, thank you. I'm free now from this hot dog bun eating monster and the world would be a better place, but no. That's not what happened. I didn't act on that on that impulse. I just let the kid do his thing and moved on with my life. But I won't forget. I will never forget the little boy I looked over and saw who was just eating a hot dog bun, just ripped in half like it was a fucking like a biscotti or some shit. Just just enjoying his hot dog, plain ass bun. That little terrorist. 
Now, that's for what I've been eating, but what I've been playing, this past week I finished Bulletstorm, which I told you about last week. Not much else to say about that game. Just a totally awesome, awesome game. Short, sweet little package. Really, really fun campaign. Definitely a game I want to play again sometime in the future, but man, that is one of the better FPSs of the past, you know, 15 years, and I cannot, I cannot recommend that game enough. It has me really pumped for Outriders because even though it's nothing like Outriders, it just is a game that makes me have a lot of respect and interest in what developer people can fly uh, is capable of and what what it is they plan on doing next. Other than that, I had a weird moment this week, guys. Don't ask me why. I redeemed my Microsoft reward points and got an Xbox gift card and downloaded Monster Jam Steel Titans 2, which is one of those like licensed cash grabby $40 budget games that's like intended to not sell unless you're like a hardcore fan of the IP. Like it's a really stupid, cheap, shitty game, and I don't know why I bought it. I I guess I just wanted to drive around open an open world. You can you can drive around like the Grave Digger monster truck in like a Halloween world, like an open world, like spooky grave town, like Halloween town looking thing. And I just thought it looked fun, so I I download this and I'm driving the monster trucks. There's a milkman monster truck and. I'm just going around racing other monster trucks. The physics are absolutely awful in this game. You drive like 20 miles an hour and then your truck starts flipping over like crazy and you lose total control over it. It's awful game. Really, really poorly made. But I'm still having fun with it anyway because I guess I'm seven. But I don't don't even just try not to judge me. I don't know why this is happening, but I, I, I purchased and played this game this week. I also played the demo for Balan Wonderland, which is that new game. Published by Square Enix, developed by Yuji Naka, the creator of the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise. Uh, it's that new platformer game that looks kind of like Billy Hatcher, like Nights into Dreamland. And the game's fucking weird as shit. It's got really good music, I'll say. But, like, the game is so incredibly Japanese, but not in a cute and charming way. It's just a really fucking weird... In fact, actually, it's weirder than Japanese. I think Japanese people would look at this game and say it's weird. It's just... It's not a good game. It's not fun. It's not. It's not creative. It's just weird as shit. And uh, I'm really disappointed because you know I, I love me some Sonic the Hedgehog, so but not not feeling that. And then lastly, the medium, I really want to get back to and play it, so I might do that this weekend. So I thought I'd slip that in there. That I'm thinking about that, guys. Let's jump into the news. It's been too long. All right, our first story this week comes from Windows Central, who report that earlier this week news broke that the, that Discord was looking to sell to a willing buyer for more than ten billion dollars. The report was light on details regarding which companies were interested, but now Bloomberg is reporting that Microsoft is in the running. The report claims that talks are still in early stages as nothing is a done deal, but Microsoft is definitely interested. Discord is likely in talks with multiple companies about a possible deal, with reports suggesting that the sale. Is still in its infancy stage, meaning it could be a while before the deal is actually closed. Discord would be a, a valuable asset for Microsoft and Xbox. Discord the popular, is very popular PC gamers with over 140 million active users. Assuming Microsoft did acquire Discord, it would likely treat this. They'd likely treat the service like it's a LinkedIn or GitHub acquisition, allowing Discord to continue to operate on its own, but integrating Discord in and Discord tech into Microsoft products to enhance the Microsoft ecosystem as a whole. For now, it's very early days for the deal, and it could still go a number of other ways with other companies, or Discord could ultimately just decide to go public. So this is what I would say is the biggest story of the week. Obviously, that's why we put it at the top, but I I gotta be honest, for as much buzz as I saw surrounding this story this week, I have such a hard time really wrapping my brain around what's going on here because... And maybe the next story actually plays into it a little bit, but here's the thing. Let's, um, this is one of those stories that requires us to zoom out from Xbox a little bit and look at Microsoft as a whole in order to think about the picture a little clearer. 
So uh, first things first, you think Discord, you think gaming. Everyone does. And that's not necessarily always the case either because Discord is... So I, I always like to think of Discord as like live action Reddit. You know, it's like Reddit is like you post a comment, you go away, you come back, you see if someone responded, you see if someone interacted. You know, it's a, it's like a tweet, right, in that, in that sense. But with Discord, it's like it's active. It's like you make a comment, someone responds, it's a live chat. So similar to Reddit in that it's like these little sub-communities, but even though it's heavily, heavily associated with gaming, especially the PC gaming space, it's not always gaming related. You see you see this shit all the time. Girls with OnlyFans accounts have, have their little Discord channels and little political commentators have their little Discord channels. It's, it's for every little community and corner of the internet where they have their own little Discord uh, channel. So that, but yes, obviously Discord is mostly associated with gaming. In fact, it's gotten to the point now where like, I'm so out of touch because I don't play multiplayer games online with like people I know very often anymore. So I'm used to the days of like, let's get on Xbox, join my party chat. But nowadays people don't do that. It doesn't matter if you're playing PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, PC. People are just like, yo, join my discord, join my discord. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk in my discord, yo. And that's what people do. They're all about the discord these days. And so in the sense of Microsoft being like, okay, guys, you know, Xbox parties and Xbox chat and stuff like that, it's antiquated, it's cute, but it's not the way people play anymore. We need a service or a system that's going to pull all gamers in. It's going to give us the upper hand. It's going to make things super accessible for PC players because that's where PC players chat and interface. You know, it's like, okay, I could, I could see an argument for it for Xbox alone, but here's where it gets messy. Zoom out of Xbox. Stop looking at Xbox in its own little isolated corner and look at Microsoft as a whole. Then it just gets extremely weird because Microsoft has Skype, GroupMe, Teams, and Teams Personal on top of all that other shit. Remember, if you're on Xbox, you already have party chats and you already have uh, messaging and things like that through Xbox. Then you go into the PC space or the mobile space or even Xbox, they have Skype. Skype, of course, being the popular video uh, conference service, but Skype before shortly before Microsoft acquired Skype like back in 2012 or whatever it was Skype had just acquired GroupMe which is a really popular chat service kind of like kind of like Facebook Messenger or like Telegram or something like that but the catch is GroupMe ended up being really really popular for like school and work you know like the only times most people are familiar with GroupMe and it's usually like oh you know I was in a college class where we did a group project so we had a GroupMe you know, channel where everyone in the classroom was there and we talked and worked on our school stuff there. Or it's like, oh, you know, I work in a restaurant and me and all the servers have a group me chat for like trading shifts and things like that or announcements about work. That's usually what group me is used for, but it's technically a service that could operate as like an, an, S, an SMS replacement app. And then that changes the conversation even further where now me as an American, I have to bring up the caveat that you know, for all of you listening from the U.S., we know that the most popular way people interact with each other when, like, messaging on their phones and stuff is through text messages. So, obviously, if you're on iPhone, you use iMessage. If you're on Android, you use classic SMS texts and things like that. But the, the real kicker is most the world, most of the world does not use SMS. They do not use standard text apps or, or regular SMS texts uh, through their cellular provider on their phones, on their iPhones and Android phones. They actually use, you know, in most of Europe and Asia and stuff like that, they use apps like GroupMe and WeChat and things like that, or uh, not GroupMe, sorry, they like Facebook Messenger and, and uh, 
and WeChat and services like that. So now you have this or this added layer of like, okay, so Discord somehow plays a role in all these kinds of services while also Microsoft already owns GroupMe, which they don't do much with because it kind of has a stigma as being associated as like the worker school utility, but that's all tied into Skype, which is what Microsoft bought years and years ago, which has a great messaging services, but isn't fully integrated with GroupMe, even though it's kind of a part of GroupMe, but also has messaging that you can use, you know, Skype's messaging app is pretty much similar to how like Facebook Messenger works. So they already have that. So they could just make a variant of that that's good for gaming on PC and Xbox, but they're not going to do that because Skype's kind of been left to rot and do its own thing. And is a lot less popular seemingly these days than it used to be. But nowadays they have Microsoft Teams, which is like their and the thing is, like, all these services are different from one another, but kind of in nuanced ways. Microsoft Teams is a lot like Slack. So it's like for companies and, and startups and, you know, work organizations where you have a work organization that has a Slack channel and then has sub channels for different things within the work organization. And, you know, Teams is kind of a competitor to that, which has been really, really popular the past year as it's, you know, picked up a lot due to COVID. So Teams has a lot of video conferencing and, and different chat channels and things like that, which works kind of like a live feed, but not like Discord. It's usually more for like workplace environments. And so that's been really popular for Microsoft. So recently they've spun off Microsoft Teams and tried to do a personal version, which kind of competes with Skype, which kind of competes with group me which kind of serves a similar purpose to discord but more so for like a text replacer rather than like a gaming uh community based interfacer so the point i'm trying to make here is let's just say microsoft is the main the main bidder the highest bidder for this discord purchase and they do get discord that's great discord's great i like discord i've used it a little bit enough to be familiar with it and i think it's great it'd be really 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 awesome if they could integrate discord even deeper into xbox like make it a, a foundational feature and then integrate it into the xbox app on pc or just make it more associated with the xbox app on pc so that makes xbox an even more ideal place for people to play in the pc eco space ecosystem like all these things are great ideas but the problem is now they've got Discord, GroupMe, Skype, Teams, Teams Personal, Xbox Party Chat, Xbox Direct, like DMs and things like that. It's like Microsoft, You, it's like you just buy all the services, but you don't focus on any of them. And so it's really, really weird. When I think about this, I don't know, this conundrum or like this, this just mass amount of these messaging applications and services that Microsoft owns and now potentially may own more of, I'm just like, okay. Is the is the smartest plan for Microsoft here to spend the $10 billion on Discord and bring that into the ecosystem or to focus on doing something with one of the many other services they already have that they don't really give a lot of attention to? And, you know, think about it like this. We all saw how things went when Microsoft was like, oh, Mixer is our response to Twitch. It's like, no, Microsoft. You should have tried to buy Twitch before Amazon did because we all knew Twitch was the thing that was going to work. And so you look at Mixer and it just gets added to the Microsoft graveyard. And, you know, you look at something like Zoom or, or Windows Phone or something like that. And you're like, okay, trying to compete with Discord is probably just going to result in like the next Zoom, the next uh, Mixer. But buying Discord, oh, that's that's an opportunity for Microsoft to just like just dominate in the gaming space for, you know, the premier place to chat and interact with gamers. But at the same time, it's like, does it make sense for the company to buy Discord when they already have GroupMe and they neglect it? They already have Skype and they kind of neglect it. They already have Teams 
and it serves a totally different purpose, but kind of in the same way has similar functionality. It's like, what is the idea here? So that's the thing that kind of has me hung up is Microsoft already has their hands in so many other similar products, not the same, but similar, that it's almost just like, really? Now you're going to get Discord? So I'm not advocating that I think what they need to do here is not buy Discord, but instead try to compete with it because I don't think that's going to work. I don't think Microsoft will be able to pull that off at all. I just don't think that's going to happen. But I do find it rather interesting that they would further complicate and muddy this already crazy situation they have with all these messaging and communication applications and social ecosystems by adding another massive one with for a massive amount of money into the fold. So... I don't know if that means at some... And, and now, again, they do all serve their own markets. GroupMe isn't massive because everyone uses it. No. It has a dedicated market of people that do use it for work and school-related functions. Microsoft Teams is huge right now in the enterprise world. It works really well in companies. Companies use it all the time. Um, in fact, my company uses it. And it's awesome for what it is, but it, it'd be really hard to cross that boundary of you know bringing it into the personal space of making people be like, oh, you want to take Teams home with you from work and now use it when you're playing with your friends on Xbox? It's like, probably not. And then Skype, Skype's the real kicker there because it's like people act like Skype's dead. Skype is still pretty popular. Like, I mean, businesses still use Skype all the time. And like, like anytime you watch the news and they're doing interviews with people and stuff, they always do all that shit on Skype. Like people like to act like it's Zoom and Skype is dead. But the real, the fact of the matter is Skype still has millions and millions of users and it's still a very viable service. It's just, I, I think, unfortunately, not nearly as big as it could be. I Honestly, Microsoft dropped the ball there by not making Skype like their iMessage equivalent back when Windows Phone was a thing. But that's a different story for a different day. Rest in peace, Windows Phone. Uh, yeah, 356 Gaming, pour out another Mountain Dew on behalf of our lost Windows Phone friends. Anyway, so that I, I, I most Xbox podcasts you listen to are probably going to talk about Discord in regards to gaming, in regards to Xbox, and in that isolated of itself. I as, as a more broad Microsoft fanboy cucklord, I wanted to bring this up just kind of on the whole because I think this is very confusing for Microsoft at this point if this is real. And, I, and I'm sure it's real. I'm sure Microsoft is absolutely considering this. Whether or not they get Discord, that's a different discussion entirely. Like the story says, this is early days of uh, of bargaining and things like that. So th- there's still a lot to see. We'll, we'll see how this goes, you know. I think Microsoft really wants more and more of the social cachet out there. You know, they they lean more and more into the businessy enterprise stuff these days because it's what makes money for them. But I think there's still a part of Microsoft that really wishes they could also, you know, have their cake and eat it too. Not only appeal to businesses and sell, you know, my, like Windows and Office subscriptions to everyone in the world, but also kind of be cool. They kind of want the person, you know, wouldn't it be nice if the guy who buys iPhone because it's cool and for nothing else, you know, to have that guy be like, oh, Microsoft's kind of cool. Xbox is kind of cool. Right now, when you look at Microsoft, the only cool thing about Microsoft is Xbox. Xbox is cool. That's it. I mean, you could argue Surface is cool, but even that isn't like, that's like cool and more like sleek and Apple-y kind of way. A little less like, oh, that's cool. Like it gets the young kids involved, you know? Microsoft doesn't have a lot of that. And so I think they are interested in getting you know, like like they were trying to get TikTok last year. Like they, they are interested in things like that. And they are interested in things like Discord because that's a huge win if they can break into this market of millions and millions of younger people who need to rely more and more on Microsoft. And let's be honest, they already do, but I, I think they they see the potential in this opportunity. And that's and that alone is probably reason enough for them to pursue it. Um, I mean, imagine how cool it would be if one day 
you know, Discord is a Microsoft-owned service, but it's so it's so synonymous, it's so it's so ubiquitous in gaming that you see Discord baked into your Xbox, baked into your PC, baked into your PS5, because this is how gamers communicate. They use Discord. Sure, you can get on a party chat on your PlayStation or your Xbox with your friends if you want, but most people are in Discord. And that's kind of where we're heading because Discord just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, as these Gen Z kids come up, that's all they use is Discord. I've seen it. I've seen my nephews. They don't know about no Skype. They play Discord because they're cool. They're young. They play Fortnite, guys. So, I don't, I don't know. This is a, a bit of a jumbled presentation of what's going on in regards to the story. But I do just want to present a bunch of sides because I pers- I personally found this story to be a little messy and a little hairy while somehow also making perfect sense. And I just want to present it in that way to see what you guys think. Like, do you see where I'm coming from? Do you see how this is just kind of like a, a sheer mess of, this is the perfect example of like a company that has so much fuck you money that they can afford to be in a situation like this where they're like, oh man, uh, can we buy Discord? They're like, you want to buy Discord? We already have GroupMe, Teams, Teams Personal, and Skype. You sure you want to do that? Uh, well, yeah, because Discord's really popular with the kids in the gaming. It's like, can we do it? Oh, how much is it? $10 billion. Okay. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Like, I feel like Microsoft's one of the very few companies that can do that kind of thing. And so they're likely to. And, and Microsoft's not a company that spends just to spend. But uh, but I guess I bring that up to say, like, I'm, I'm not trying to advocate that they're just blowing money. I, I mean, they are, but I, I think this is still a wise investment. And they know that. And that's why it's something worth pursuing. But I don't know, especially as we see Xbox Live start to disintegrate and diminish a little bit, which we'll get into in the next story. Um, I I think this makes more and more sense because Xbox is in a real big transition period where, remember, in in five years from now, when we think Xbox, we're going to think Game Pass. We're going to think playing on all sorts of platforms with cloud gaming and things like that. And, you know, it's going to seem foreign to think it's going to seem quaint to think of Xbox the way we used to think of Xbox in like 2006, where it was like, oh yeah, Xbox console, uh, Xbox Live online service, and Halo and Gears of War. And that's what we thought of with Xbox. But now it's going to be like, Xbox is the console, it's your Android device, it's your PC, it's remote play, it's Game Pass, it's trying all the new games, it's shit tons of developers, it's, you know, services like Discord baked into it. It's like Xbox Live. What the fuck is that? Like that's that's the future we're moving to. Xbox is in such a massive state of flux right now that I I think this you know this as we're seeing the gears shift and and the tides turn and everything with the Xbox brand. I think this is a really ideal time if we're going to do something like this to switch over the messaging system and to bake something like Discord into the foundation and the core of what Xbox is to not keep. Discord, not not rebrand Discord as like Xbox messaging, but rather to keep Discord on its own thing, but to make it more of an integral part of the Xbox experience. I think, I think it's a good idea. I think it makes sense. It's just okay, Microsoft. Here's your here's your billionth messaging service. Uh, hope you still make shit tons of money. But yeah, that's I that we'll, we'll leave it at that for now, and let's jump into the next story, which I think can kind of add further texture to this this first story uh, which again coming from windows central says xbox live the well-known brand that has been synonymous with xbox online gaming since the console's debut 18 years ago or sorry saying xbox live is all those things whatever 
However, recently, Xbox insiders began noticing that mentions of the Xbox Live brand have been disappearing from the Xbox dashboard, most noticeably, most noticeably when trying to upload and share game captures like screenshots on Xbox or view already uploaded captures. Eagle-eyed people also noticed that the Xbox service agreement was updated to remove any mentions of Xbox Live. In a statement to The Verge, Microsoft has officially confirmed speculations that Xbox Live is being rebranded to Xbox Network, and the long-running brand is being retired. A Microsoft spokesperson said the following, quote, Xbox Network refers to the underlying Xbox Online service, which was updated in the Microsoft Services Agreement. The update... The update from Xbox Live to Xbox Network is intended to distinguish the underlying service from Xbox Live Gold memberships. In recent years, the importance of Xbox Live brand has diminished significantly in the wake of Xbox Game Pass. With the, with this change, the Xbox Live Gold subscription, which lets gamers play online multiplayer games on Xbox, isn't going away or being altered at all. Still, even though Xbox Live Gold has lessened in importance, which is with its inclusion in Game Pass Ultimate. So, okay, let me let me break this down. So this actually makes perfect sense. On first read, it's like, oh, what a what Xbox Live, you know, because it's like we're all so emotionally attached to the history of Xbox and everything like that. Let's try to set that part of the conversation aside for a second. This is not them saying Xbox Live is now Xbox Network, and you're going to start seeing cards at the grocery store that say like a three month subscription to Xbox Network, and like, oh, you must be connected to Xbox Network. What basically what they're saying is they're trying to remove the very concept of Xbox Live. Because as we know, remember, they tried to bump up the price of Xbox Live Gold, which was already a plan to just get people to jump ship to Game Pass and abandon Gold anyway, because they're that's, you know, out with the old and with the new. But remember how that backfired, and they're like, okay, 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 we're not going to do that, and then we'll also let you do party chats for free and play free-to-play online games without a subscription, because that's, you know, no point in doing that. This is all more related to that story, which is that, in this future of Xbox, where the only subscription is Game Pass, the way it's going to go, I, and I think eventually what you'll see is Game Pass Ultimate will go away in a few years, and it will just be Game Pass, but it will keep the price tag of Game Pass Ultimate. So all Game Pass will go up to $15, Xbox Live will go away, and Game Pass will just be called Game Pass. No Xbox Live, no Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, just Xbox Game Pass, 15 bucks a month, maybe even 20 at some point. But that's going to be the deal. No Xbox Live. So Xbox Network isn't a rebrand of like, oh, yeah, you know, what do you subscribe to? Do you subscribe to just Xbox Network or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate? No, that's not what they're saying here. What they're saying is Xbox Live, as we know it, is going away. We're we're shifting away from that. And we, we know, you know, some more news from this week, basically. Xbox Live parties are going to be free. So if you want, if let's say you don't have a Game Pass subscription or anything like that. You'll be able to get into a party chat with your friends on Xbox Live for free without any subscription. You'll be able to play games like Fortnite and Call of Duty Warzone and Apex Legends for free. No subscription service required. It's just going to be base Xbox. The only thing you subscribe to is Game Pass. If you want to download the games from Game Pass, you got to have a subscription. But Xbox Live Gold, it's not a thing anymore. It's just, it's just Xbox. And network refers to the online infrastructure. It's like if someone says Xbox Network, they're not referring to a subscription service that you're subscribed to. They're referring to the underlying network, the 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 reference that Xbox has an online infrastructure that the service runs off of. 
So it's not, you know, it's not a brand or a service. It's a reference to the the this, the thing that keeps the Xbox online infrastructure running and going. So hopefully that softens the blow a little bit because if it were simply a name change, Xbox Network would be a fucking awful name, especially when it's when PlayStation calls theirs PlayStation Network, which is already a bad, uncreative name, but now it just seems like they're copying PlayStation Network, which is the thing that copied Xbox Live. So that's not all what they're doing here. They're just trying to give it a natural, a neutered kind of natural term to refer to the the system rather than you know have something cool like Xbox Live to distinguish because they're not trying to sell you a subscription with Xbox online services. They're just trying to you know say all those things that we used to pay for are now just part of the Xbox experience. If you want to pay for a subscription. Let me point you to Game Pass. That's basically what this is all about. So, I mean, this is this is actually really good news. You know, this is the changing of the time times here where we're, we're seeing a world where, you know, someone could go out and be like, hey, I want a machine where I can play Minecraft and Fortnite and Rocket League and Call of Duty Warzone because I'm a basic human being. I'm not a gamer. I just want to play these couple of games that everyone tells me are lit and you go out to Target, you buy a Xbox Series S for $300, which is a great deal, and then you go home, you download Minecraft and Fortnite and Call of Duty Warzone and some other free games, and you just play it for free. You got your party chats with your friends for free, you got your online play on those games for free, the games are free, all you bought was a $300 Xbox, and maybe Minecraft or something like that. But the point of that is to say, like, that makes Xbox all the more a really, really enticing place to play, a really more accessible place to play. And then if you want to give money, if you want to have the true ultimate Xbox experience because you're a real gamer TM, that's when you subscribe to Game Pass. And so, I mean, I get it. There's not, there's not really much else to dissect here. In fact, the only thing I find really interesting here or, or the, the real news I see in this story, because, you know, everything I've discussed about this up to this point, we all know to be inevitable. A- any Xbox fan who's even remotely tapped into the news these days knows that this is something we've been working towards for a while now. It's an inevitable thing. So nothing really shocking or surprising in that regard, right? So what what is the news here? Well, I think the bigger news here is how soon we're getting there. I think a lot of people thought Xbox Live was still here to stay for another couple of years, right? But the fact that they're already getting away from the branding tells me that they are ready. They are ready to get get on from Xbox Live. They're ready to get rid of the service, which is kind of surprising because you think they'd want to hang on to that Xbox Live subscription money they're getting for as long as fucking possible before axing it. And in, in doing that, they you know they want people to... They want to reach that tipping point of where there's just so many more people subscribed to Game Pass than there are people subscribed to Xbox Live Gold so that when they axe gold, all they have is just a really strong player base of Game Pass people, and then it pushes the few remaining uh, Xbox Live Gold subscribers to go over to Game Pass, to upgrade to Game Pass Ultimate, whatever. So, But the, with this story and with this news, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're just kind of fast-tracking. Maybe maybe the negative reaction to the whole gold price going up earlier just kind of fast-tracked this whole uh, situation that otherwise would have been dragged out a, a few more years longer. So maybe... I don't know. I wouldn't be totally surprised if, you know, 12 months from now, we're looking at a world where games with gold is just obsolete because games with gold is already kind of a weak deal. Let's be honest. Like the, the games you get with games with gold are always way less interesting than what PlayStation offers on with PlayStation plus every month. So let's, let's just be like super, super transparent about that. Right? So PlayStation plus already gives way, 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 way better games, high, higher quality games on a consistent average. 
Uh, whereas games with gold, sometimes you get cool games, but for the most part, you know, it's just like, oh, I can't complain, it's free, but like, I, I don't really give a shit about this game I'm getting here. So that is something that's probably just going to go away, and it's already kind of a redundancy anyway, considering Game Pass, you know? So that's probably something that we're just going to lose eventually, which I, I, I don't give a shit about. I have nothing, you know, nothing sad, or nothing to lament in that regard. But it, it, it is completely possible that in, tw- in the next 12 months, we may see us get to a point where Xbox Live as a brand is completely removed. When you go to the store and you see those Xbox gift cards, you're not going to see a gift card for like a three-month or 12-month subscription to Xbox Live Gold. You're just going to see an Xbox card for, you know, buying things on the marketplace or uh, Xbox... Uh, Game Pass subscription, and we might see the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate brand retired in favor for Xbox Game Pass, and then we'll see the Xbox Game Pass membership cost just go to fifteen dollars standard. So no more, no more ten dollars for Game Pass, fifteen for Ultimate, just fifteen dollars for Game Pass across the board. Uh, Xbox Live Gold isn't a thing. So I think that's where we're moving to, and, and we may see that happen as soon as the next twelve months, if the fast, uh, if the quickness of what the story is suggesting here is any indication. So that's our second story, and, and again, the reason why I said this story might play into the first story so much is because you know you think about it, it, without Xbox Live, Xbox Live parties, Xbox Live chat, it makes way more sense to be like, well, yeah, you know, now it's just like Xbox Live has online features that's that's free, that's accessible to anyone. You know, the subscription stuff's for Game Pass. That is a way better setup for being like, and now you got things like Discord just integrated into the system. You know, it's not it's not like, oh, you got to subscribe to do an Xbox party chat. It's like, no, nah, man, it's just like, that's part of Xbox. It's like you get the online functionality as long as you have internet access, right? And Discord is a part of that. We've integrated it into the foundation of the Xbox experience. And I think that's kind of where these two stories kind of converge and, and meet. All right, now we only got two more stories left, and they're not as big, um, but I do want to go over the uh, Square Enix Presents event that happened last week, uh, the day the show went live, so we're about a week behind on that news, but it wasn't a terribly impressive show anyway, so just as I suspected, there's not not too much we're missing out on here, so let's just go through what was shown during the Square Enix Presents event um, for this next story. All right, so... This isn't everything they announced. This is just the big stuff because, again, it w- wasn't that impressive of an event. But I think the first, like, quote-unquote big thing they showed was the Tomb Raider... Defin- they opened the show with, like, an Outriders trailer, but who cares? It was no new information. It's just a new trailer for Outriders. But then they went into Tomb Raider, and they announced the Tomb Raider Definitive Survival Trilogy, which is all three of the newish Crystal Dynamics Tomb Raider games, the Tomb Raider 2013... Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider from 2015 and Shadow of the Tomb Raider from 2018. So the right now uh, the bundle is on an introductory sale price of 20 bucks. So all three games for 20 bucks, which is a great deal. Uh, but after the sale ends, which it might already be over, I don't know. Uh, the trilogy will then go up to 50 bucks, which is honestly still a pretty great deal. 50 bucks for all three of those games. As someone who's beaten all three of those games, I can't confirm that. 50 bucks, 20 bucks, absolutely a great deal for those three experiences if you've never played them. And they come with all the DLC and all that stuff. So a uh, good way to jump in on that. If you haven't already played those, I'm sure we'll see more Tomb Raider in the future. But that was the first big announcement. Hard for me to get really excited about that because those games were really just like one and done games for me personally. And so the fact that I've played them all three of them, I don't have any plans of going back to them. I'm just like, oh, c- cool, move on. 
Um, the next big thing, and this is, you know, the first, like, kind of big, big thing they talked about was Marvel's Avengers. So they announced the 2021 content roadmap during the uh, Square Enix Presents stream to kind of say, like, hey, guys, we know, you know, the game's been lacking content. People are stopping playing it. The game's been a massive financial sink for Square Enix. So they tried to be like, hey, here's a big rollout for all the new shit you can ex- expect, including new missions, new outfits, new characters, new locations, all that shit. So the real big thing they announced, what you know, aside from more information on all that uh, Hawkeye, bow and arrow bullshit, is the introduction of Black Panther and Wakanda. So, uh, you know, at some point later in 2021, Black Panther will be introduced to the game. He'll be a playable character. He'll be part of the new uh, the new story content. And Wakanda will be a playable part of the of the world. You'll be able to visit Wakanda and do missions and shit there. So that'll be interesting. You'll be able to fight Claw, which is, I guess, a bad guy from ba- Black Panther. There'll be new story missions, new outposts, all those kinds of things. And then earlier throughout the year, we'll see more operations, story missions, war zone assignments, new characters, new skins, Hawkeye's coming to the game, uh, just other things like that. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to like get all excited and, and share my excitement about this. I think this is a fair bit of content. If you were someone who is into Marvel's Avengers and this game really worked for you, I think you've got a fair bit of content on the way and this is really exciting. But I think for most people, this isn't going to... Nothing here that was announced is going to like suck people in who were, you know, who have previously just been like, ah, I'm not playing this game because, I mean, if you want to suck people in, you got to be like, here's the extensive Iron Man and Spider-Man content with all the uh, web slinging updates and the Spider-Man shit comes to Xbox and it's got Spider-Man all like that's you, you got to pull the Spider-Man if you want to even have a praying chance of injecting second life into this game, but that's just not going to happen. And as we know, whenever the Spider-Man content does come, he's supposed to be exclusive to PlayStation. So that's a, that's a huge blow, but I mean, whatever, um, Marvel's Avengers, if that's something you're really excited about, tons of new content this year, the big stuff being the Hawkeye and black Panther content. Now, Next, or finally, I should say, the only other really big things they announced were a bunch of announcements for the Life is Strange franchise. Uh, so this is this is the stuff that was more marketed towards me. So the first big ex- announcement during the uh, Square Enix Presents showcase is that the next Life is Strange title, titled Life is Strange True Colors, um, has been announced. It's being developed by Deck Nine, the team behind Life is Strange Before the Storm. And this and the game stars an entirely new protagonist with mysterious new powers. Ostensibly, this is Life is Strange 3, right? Uh, the protagonist is named Alex Chen, wielding the power of empathy, allowing her to absorb, absorb experience and e- even change around the emotions of those around her which she perceives as blazing bright colors. The plot kicks off with the death of Chen's brother, which she begins to investigate. Deck Nine previously developed Life is Strange Before the Storm, a prequel story set in the events before the first Life is Strange game, which was, of course, developed by Don't Nod, uh, the team that also developed Life is Strange 2, and Xbox's recently second-party exclusive Tell Me Why, which is available on Game Pass. The deluxe edition of Life is Strange True Colors includes new outfits and an extra side quest. The Ultimate Edition includes the Deluxe Edition items as well as a remaster of Life is Strange and Life is Strange Before the Storm, including a zombie Chloe outfit. Unlike prior titles in the game in the, in the franchise, it, the game is shipping as a full, complete package all at once, meaning there's no waiting for an episodic release schedule. Rather, Life is Strange True Color will just release all at once a complete package on September 10th, 2021, coming to Xbox Series X, Series S, Xbox One, and PC. Additionally, Scranix announced at their Presents Showcase that Life is Strange the Remaster Collection will be coming out also on September 10th, 2021. 
The remastered collection includes Life is Strange 1 and Life is Strange Before the Storm, uh, both of which boast updated visuals and animations. The newly updated titles will come to Xbox Series X, S, 1, and PC, and will either be available as standalone purchases or players who are interested in Life is Strange True Colors can also get the Life is Strange remastered collection, including included in the Ultimate Edition, as mentioned just a moment ago. So... That is all that news of what was announced at the Square Enix presentation. Now, just real quick on the Life is Strange stuff. If you've never played Life is Strange, I think the remaster collection is is the best way to get on it. I, I will personally say, I have played all of these games. I've played Life is Strange, Life is Strange Before the Storm, Life is Strange 2. I played the, Aus- the Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. I played Tell Me Why. So I have played every piece of content from Deck 9 and Don't Nod relating to the life is strange universe or similar so i am familiar with all the content and i gotta be honest with you guys my personal opinion if you've never played a life is strange game and you're interested in it this life is strange remastered collection is the way to jump in because life is strange one and before the storm which is the prequel to one which you should play after you play one for sure but it takes place before the first one uh played in release order are in my opinion by far the best life is strange content life is strange one is a really weird game because you may know it famously for being like kind of cringy and meme worthy for some of the really god-awful writing that game has but I'm telling you, Life is Strange 1 is such a captivating and interesting game that if you just push through the first chapter, you will get past the cringy writing and all that because you'll be so invested in the story anyway and the characters anyway because it's really that good of a game. It's just, it's really, really special. Life is Strange 1 kind of came out at a perfect time for me. It really resonated with me and I just, uh, very, very special place in my heart for that game. So if you're even remotely interested in getting into that franchise, highly recommend playing that. And Life is Strange Before the Storm, which was developed by Deck Nine, I think is a really, really excellent, it's not a continuation, it's a prequel, but it uh, it is a prequel that manages to give you all the comfort and type the loose ends and give you kind of the, I don't know, kind of like the, Life is Strange 1 ends in a very, like, not cliffhangery, but, like, a very high emotion. Like, I wish there was more. I wish there was more closure offered on some of these characters. And Before the Storm, which is the prequel to the first one, I think, uh, somehow even, you know, taking place before the events of the first game, manages to offer that, like, emotional closure that the first game leaves you needing. And I think I think Deck Nine does a phenomenal job with the Life is Strange series when they when they made Before the Storm. So I actually have a lot of confidence in them for making like the new Life is Strange, uh, what they call um, Life is Strange True Colors, which is basically Life is Strange Three. So I'm really excited about playing this, knowing that they're the developers behind it, because I think they're just uh, they make some of the best Life is Strange content, honestly. So really looking forward to all of that. I'm I'm like fingers crossed. I'm really hoping this is good because. I thought, you know, Life is Strange 1's great. Before the Storm's great. Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit's great. Life is Strange 2, I thought, was so incredibly disappointing. I really, really dislike Life is Strange 2. I think that game's actually, like... If the other Life is Strange games are, like, ranging from, like... like I'd say, like, 8 out of 10 kind of games. I'd say Life is Strange 2 is, like, a solid 5 out of 10. It's so fucking lame and mediocre. But... With that said, I'm really hoping that this one brings it back in. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, all coming out September 10th. So if you are a fan of those games or in any way curious about those games, now you have a perfect way to jump in. A, a, a nice jumping on point. And with that said, we'll, we'll wrap up with our final news story, which is just a bunch of Game Pass updates. Now, some of these may seem familiar from last week, but seem like repeats. But we have an updated list from last week's new Game Pass titles. So we've got available today Undertale on cloud console and PC. March 18th, uh, 
or available now uh, through Game Pass. You got Empire of Sin, Near Automata, Star Wars Squadrons, Torchlight 3, Genesis Noir, um, which will come March 25th to console and PC, Octopath Traveler, which is coming to console and PC March 25th. And that is the first time that game's ever been on Xbox. It's launching straight into Game Pass. Um, that game's not even on PlayStation yet, which is really surprising. It's going from Nintendo Switch to PC to Xbox. Continuing on March 25th, you got Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire, Superland, and Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, which I'm really excited about. But I got to catch up on some other Yakuza. I'm really trying to get into 3 right now so I can catch up a bit. On March 30th, you got Narita Boy, and then Outriders, of course, on April 1st. As a reminder, leaving Game Pass on March 31st, you're losing Hyperdot, Journey to a Savage Planet, machinarium on pc um so that's gonna do it for all of our news this week guys let's wrap up with uh the important enough news stories stories important enough to make the podcast but not important enough to warrant their own discussion of which we have a quick few first windows central reports that in a tweet accompanied by an official blog post brad rossetti of xbox preview program has announced the removal of xbox live gold paywall for free-to-play multiplayer games like fortnite call of duty and apex legends Right now, it's being tested to Xbox Insiders, so look forward to these paywalls being removed in the near future. So we already talked about that a bit, but there's the official announcement. Next, Bandai Namco has officially revealed that Scarlet Nexus will be releasing on Xbox Series X, S, and 1 and PC on June 25th, 2021, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Uh, they also announced that they are now actively developing an anime series for Scarlet Nexus, which, you know, the game's not even out yet, so my only reaction to that is fuck off. Make the game first. Uh, Next, Rare's Sea of Thieves continues to grow since its launch in 2018. The team has announced that Sea of Thieves has now crossed 20 million players, and it's grown into one of the best Xbox games available. So I I would like to point out something that's really, like, you could just read this and, like, pass by and be like, oh, that's, that's nice. Stop and think for a second. 20 million players on Sea of Thieves is really impressive because we spent all this time talking about how Oh, Xbox would kill to have a God of War 2018, a Spider-Man 2018, a fucking Uncharted, a Last of Us. These games are massive games that when they come to PlayStation exclusively, of course, they get all the Game of the Year awards, they sweep up all the critic praise and everything. Gamers stop everything to play these games and talk about them endlessly, and they are the talk of the town in the game. Sales performance on one of these kinds of PlayStation games is usually like, 8 to 12 million copies, which is phenomenal. They make tons of fucking money off of it. People love these games. They play the fuck out of them. It's really impressive stuff. I gotta be honest here, though. Sea of Thieves, a game that came out to kind of like middling reception, a game that kind of came and went for a lot of people, carved in its own niche audience, and then kind of kept pedaling on, getting better and better and better, slowly building its audience. It's just out there in the corner. Most people write it off. Most PlayStation gamers say, oh, it's a stupid Xbox game. It's so lame. It's, there's nothing going on to it. It's just a stupid, like, I've tried to play Sea of Thieves many times and just, it can't get it to really click with me as much as I want it to. But the fact of the matter is, this is a perfect example of how we are so tuned in to, like, the console wars and the and the games media stuff and what, like, hardcore gamers think about and notice that we totally forget the reality of where the money's coming from and what people are actually playing and what's actually happening in the games industry. And the fact that there are 20 million people playing Sea of Thieves, that immediately tells you that Sea of Thieves has more players and in that regard is more successful than games like Ghost of Tsushima or The Last of Us or Horizon Zero Dawn on PlayStation. These games that, like, you can't fucking click onto a game website today without people just constantly cucking themselves to because, oh my god, PlayStation's amazing. It's like, 
Microsoft is always seen as like they don't have exclusives. They don't have AAA amazing quality must play titles. It's like, well, see if these must be good enough for 20 million fucking people to have played. Now, of course, there's something massive I'm leaving out here and it's Game Pass. You know, people pay 30 to $60 for these PlayStation games depending on when they buy them. Sea of Thieves, shit tons of people are playing because of Game Pass. And we know Sea of Thieves is one of those games that's like, its success is owed to Game Pass. So I don't want to downplay that. Of course, I'm sure they sold plenty of copies of Sea of Thieves, but also the reason why it's at 20 million players is because people have Game Pass and they're able to access Sea of Thieves for free because of that. Still, that's not what I'm trying to bring up here. I'm not trying to talk about money's made off selling the game. I'm talking I'm talking about the number of people out there who have taken it upon themselves to download and play this game and give it a try and be an active user of this experience. And, you know, I, again, it's it seems like if you live in this little bubble of the games industry and like of what's happening in the games community, you would think it's all just PlayStation exclusive that, Xbox that, Fortnite that, but 20 million people have played Sea of Thieves, and I bet you, you don't see every day, unless you're into the Sea of Thieves community, I bet you're not seeing every day people talking about how much they love Sea of Thieves and how they're still playing it, still can't put it down, still such a great experience, but quietly, somewhere out there, 20 million people are fucking playing this game. That's that's the kind of stuff that Microsoft is looking for at Game Pass. That's it. It's that, this is what they talk about when they're talking about putting games in the hands of millions and millions of players all over the world. There's so many gamers out there and we're not tapping into those markets because all we do is consoles. This is what Game Pass and cloud gaming and Game Pass on PC and all these things can offer is you can make a game like Sea of Thieves that if it were just a $60 game, you buy it. It's the only option is to pay 60 bucks, buy it on Xbox consoles alone, nothing else. This game would have sold, if it's lucky, 2 million copies. If it's if it's a massive success, like two, three million, two to 4 million copies, no way. But because it's because of PC, because of Game Pass, because of xCloud, because of what the new Xbox platform is all about, 20 million people have played Sea of Thieves, a game that most of us, again, unless we're really invested in the Sea of Thieves community, probably don't think about on, on a regular basis. I think that's really, really impressive. Next up, Gotham Knights has been delayed to 2022. WB Games confirmed the announcement with the following statement. We're giving the game more time to deliver the best possible experience for players. Thank you for your tremendous support, blah, blah, blah. We look forward to seeing you in the coming months. So that. Cyberpunk uh, 2077 version 1.2 is almost here, and with it comes a multitude of fixes and improvements that I don't care about detailing because who the fuck isn't tired of hearing about Cyberpunk at this point? Now, Windows Central reports that Mech Warriors 5 Mercenaries Mark... <clears throat> marks the revival of the dormant franchise enjoying an extended hiatus initially launched for PCs and uh, epic game stores game exclusive mech warrior 5 <clears throat> recently came to the microsoft store as part of game pass but now it's also coming to game it's also coming to xbox consoles through series x and s and xbox one as a console exclusive so mech warrior is not only coming back but it's going to be a console exclusive on xbox so it's a big get there Next, players will get to see more Resident Evil Village fairly soon. Capcom has confirmed that a new digital showcase will be held in April for the game, revealing new details at the event, uh, though nothing specific was given at this point about the event. Next, Amazon is opening a new studio in Montreal as part of Xbox or a part of Amazon Games. The team's leadership is composed of develop, developers who previously worked on Rainbow Six Siege, Ubisoft's ongoing shooter that has grown to over 70 million players. 
and they're likely probably just making games for Luna, which is Amazon's streaming service, but who knows? And lastly, IGN reports that Focus Home Interactive has officially revealed Necromunda Hired Gun. It will be available on Xbox Series X, S, Xbox One, and PC on June 1st. Guys, go look at the trailer. This game looks fucking awesome. It looks kind of like Doom with wall running. It's really, really badass looking. I hope, you know, Focus Home Interactive, they have a kind of hit or miss reputation uh, with their games. They make a lot of games, some some great, some not so great. So I'm really hoping this game is great because it looks really, really good. Definitely recommend you take a look at that if you love awesome first-person shooters. But that's going to do it for all of our news this week, you guys. Quickly, remember, there are new game releases every week from the Xbox Wire. They, uh, they, they announce these games, and what we do is we read the name of every game and judge what it is based off nothing more than the title and the picture of the concept art or whatever. So real quick, running through the... 18 new game releases this week. We got Arkham Horror Mother's Embrace, which is just an old man reading books in a library while some lady holds a lantern over his head. Sandy of Morris, which is literally just a, a wall that says aliens are real, but there's a video camera in the corner. So I guess what you do is you film a video about this wall. Maybe it's a documentary. Rip Them Off is a game about selling merchandise to little stick figures in this indie game. Paradise Lost is not about a book. Uh, Animal Doctor is literally a vet simulator where you get to charge patients out the ass because you're banking on their love of their animal that they can't communicate with. Black Legend is some kind of strategy game that's Xbox One X enhanced, but I guess not good enough to be Series X enhanced. Clea 2 comes out March 25th. It is a game with an anime girl who's holding a lantern. Lots of lanterns this game. There's a cat who looks like it's about to attack this ghost, but the ghost looks like it wants to attack the girl. She's afraid, but Die With Glory is also coming out March 25th, so you can play that instead. It's some kind of indie game with a, with bows and arrows, but it's not like the bow and arrow thing from Avengers. Genesis Noir comes out March 25th. It's on Game Pass. It's all in black and white, so you know it's really hipster-like. Tank Brawl 2, Armor Fury comes out March 25th. It's a tank game. It's top-down. You should shoot it. Uh, tink, Tinker Racers comes out March 25th. This actually looks really, really cool. It's a top-down little toy car racer game. Maybe you got to check that out. Uh, Rivado Original Complex, uh, March 26th. It is some kind of shooting game of some sort with action. There's a dash mechanic. I can tell that much from the screen, but it's probably just about dodging the bullets of life, which is playing shitty indie games. Caves in the Wild Masks, March 25th. Bunny Fights Carrots, Sonic the Hedgehog-looking game, kind of weeby. Octopath Traveler, March 25th. You could play on the Switch, but now you can play on the Xbox, but I still recommend you just don't play it at all. Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, March 25th. It's in Game Pass. What are you doing? This is the only game you should be playing. Battle in Wonderland, March 26th. Optimized for the Series X. Kind of weird looking. Made by the guy that made Sonic, but not good. Evil Inside, March 26th. Horror game, but I really need to get back to playing uh, the medium. It Takes Two, March 26th. Optimized for Series X and S. Supports smart delivery. Game's getting really good reviews. Kind of want to play it. Probably not going to play it. And that's going to do it for all of our game announcements, releases, whatnot of the week. Finally, guys, Games with Gold. It's the last week of March, uh, so go ahead. Download Warface uh, Breakout. It's available until the 31st. Uh, download Vicious Attack Llama Apocalypse. It's available until April 15th. Uh, Metal Slug 3, too bad you missed out. It's gone. Port Royale 3, you got until the 31st. So download that shit. And that's going to do it for our entire podcast this week, guys. I want to round out with two quick little comments. Joe Murphy says... Power your dreams and drink more Mountain Dew. Power your dreams and drink more Mountain Dew. Eat Taco Bell. I'm out. Jay says, power your dreams. That's the best way to end each podcast. Always has been. And with Joe and Jay leaving their final comments, I think it's time for me to leave my final comment, in which I will say, gamers, power your dreams. Or maybe I can do like a Toucan Sam from the Fruit Loops commercial and be like, what does he say? He says, follow your nose.
Maybe I do follow your nose. That might be good. Keep your 